Hey everybody, it is Dave and Jeff. It is February 22nd, 2021. I'd actually look at my watch right now. I forgot what day it was. It's wild to think a week from today it'll be March 1st. Yeah. And if people were out and about last night like I was, 5.45 at night, Dave, where it felt like about a week ago at 5.45 it looked like midnight. Heck, yeah. last night, hanging out in Coronado, 5.45 sun was still out. We were still slinging the football. Really? Feeling pretty good. So spring is almost here, baseball's almost here, and I can't wait. I have a I have a electronics question for you, and then Jesus, I'm the wrong guy. We can talk about Tatis. Go ahead. I made an investment today because I I love I love reading about new technology and everything that's going on. Right, anything yeah. that is going to improve the home theater experience. Okay, so. I don't have my TV is not in the living room. I just have it in the bedroom. But a couple of years ago, when I moved out, I bought a 50, 50 inch LG 4K TV. Yeah. Very similar. How big is this TV here? I this think is, it's about the same. Yeah. And it's so goddamn great, yeah. right? And so you go through, and I watch like a couple of YouTube videos yeah. as far as doing the calibration. Like how to set the settings oh, really? and do all that thing. You aren't asking Best Buy to come by. You're doing it yourself. Yeah, I just did it. And so the other night my sons are over and we're like, okay. Um, <laughs> because, Dave, I start looking and I go, maybe we need one of these 4K DVD players. Oh, Jesus. Well, then you go, well, we don't even fucking buy DVDs Nobody anymore. does anymore. Nobody. Dude, I got like four of them right up there on the wall. I, I've never even DVD put one. Players? Yeah, I've never put one DVD player in my house. Yeah. So... I go, well, forget that. So we start messing around, watching YouTube, calibration videos. And uh, I go, all right, give me a movie. And they go, Toy Story. Goddamn, clean as could be. Perfect. The 4K it was worked. great, the whole thing. How long did it take you to do it? Oh, shit, like 15 minutes. Really? Yeah, it just tells you go uh, set the ratio to 16 to 9, set it to cinema, set two other things. And I go, all right, I can find that. I set that, I set that, and it looked great. But then the next thing that showed up was the need for a sound bar. Yeah. And I go, Ooh, that sounds good. <laughs> that is that good. That sounds good. But again, Dave, this is where I ask you. Okay. I am only have it set up in the bedroom. It's not set up like at the living room yeah. of my old place where they're talking about subwoofer and have rear speakers mounted. I don't need all that shit. No. So tonight what I bought, um, because it got great reviews, I bought a Vizio all-in-one soundbar. Okay. And it's supposed to have directional that shoots off the whole thing. And so uh, I'm talking to my son on the way over here, because I just bought it, Target, yeah. like 150 bucks. Okay. Because we were watching, over the weekend, we were watching fights on ESPN. Yeah. We're watching Toy Story. We checked in on the Gulf from Riviera, and we watched some NHL. Okay. So different sounds to everything. And so I'm talking to Jack, and I go, uh, I go man, I don't know. Did I get fleeced on this thing, <laughs> or did I do the right thing? He goes, shit, ask Rita. They got one. Yeah. I go, 
goddamn, I'm on the way over there right now. <laughs> do you notice a marked oh, yeah. investment? With but now, do you have the rear speakers and the subwoofer well, and it, everything? It's the one. It's the one. First, you have the sound bar, which is yeah. Uh, I think we have a Samsung TV in that room, and uh, no, maybe it's LG. It doesn't matter. Samsung sound bar. We mix and matched, and then we um, we have the the speaker on the floor behind the couch. Like you wouldn't even know it's there. Okay, but it's been there the whole time. Yeah, it's a huge difference. Every time I've disconnected it, I'm, I fucking hate it off of the TV. I mean, right. I'm spoiled by it. All it's right. great. Okay. And if you set it up, you know, a certain way, let's say you watch Saving Private Ryan, the yeah. fucking pictures will fall off the wall. It's crazy, yeah, right? The whole goddamn I, house shakes. I didn't do anything like that. Like I said to Jack, I go, hey, at some point we're expecting to buy a house yeah. or do whatever. You can move it over to the next house. And that's it. That's yeah. when you go with the rear speakers and the sub. I get the whole deal, okay. right? Well, yeah, you can be careful on all that shit. I used to have the speakers that like were in the ceiling. And yeah. And I had the stuff in the front. And Yeah. Uh, it was like one went out. It was just a pain in the ass. And then what are you going to do? Then that's Geek what I'm Squad's got to come over? They've have been over ever, a million have times. Have you run any of the tests? <laughs> have you, Dave? <laughs> we'll fix it. And then you feel like just such an asshole. Yeah, you feel like you're in that Saturday Night Live scene. Yeah. Where the guy's goofing Jimmy on you. Jimmy Fallon. It. Yeah, the IT guy. Goofs yeah. on you for yeah. the simple shit. Giving you shit. Luckily, <laughs> uh, I have Chris Cox that I can defer to. Yeah. But we're all fired up because we're playing PlayStation yeah. and different things. And I will say this. The LG, uh, not bad, dude. Not bad, yeah. this speaker in here. But I'm excited. Oh, it's a different So this show like may it. be... This show tonight may be about fifteen minutes. <laughs> that's and fine. And then uh, we'll we'll plug it in and go. No, that's fine. It's uh, it, I mean, I was just in Costco a couple weeks ago, and you know when you go into Costco, you see those fucking TVs, and it's like you don't want to leave. You just want to stand Buy. right there. Yeah, yesterday. And you're just sitting there looking at those TVs because, like, the one we're looking at right now, the room we're at, we have two TVs in this room. There's a yeah. fifty inch right that you and I share, and there's one behind your head. That's 50, but you look at the ones at Costco that Crazy, are ridiculous. Right? Yeah. These and, new OEDs or yeah. whatever they're calling them. And I'm like, God dang it. And I know if I came home and said, because my wife doesn't give a shit. Yeah. My wife could literally could have uh, no remote. It could be a 17-inch Sony, like from the 70s. She'd be she not give a fuck. But I'm sitting there going, there's room on the wall. Like, we right. have an 85-inch TV in there, but I yeah. go, there's room for a bigger TV. Yeah. I, I did the same thing. I love TV. Because <laughs> I have a Best Buy card that's cleared out. Yeah. And I I swear, I think I've talked myself out of it. I hope I don't fuck up. Dan Williams is going to punch you in the face. But, you know, you start looking at these 4K DVD. But I swear, Dave, I think with the Roku that I have yeah. is a 4K stream. Yeah. And I pay for Amazon Prime or the extra two bucks for Netflix. So I don't think there's any benefit, and and the guys at Best Buy are always cool, right? Like they don't make any commission. No. And I I found a guy who was completely into it, was talking and and would answer questions because I know what I don't know. I don't I don't give a shit. And I just said to him, I go, if I went, here's the wild thing: it's not Sony or Samsung or LG. Yeah. The four. K DVD player that everybody's talking about is Panasonic of all things, right? I'm like, yeah. I don't need an AM radio for the beach. Guys, like, no, <laughs> AM radio, Panasonic. yeah. So they're telling me, and then you go to the Best Buy DVD selection, right? Because I'm like, all right, well, let me go see what's here. Well, it's Avengers, which I go, well, I get Disney Plus, yeah. and it's four other movies that, uh, you know, uh, Prada, right? Devil War Prada. Oh, no. What? <laughs> Seen it. 
<laughs> seen it. And I just, so I said to the guy, I go, I have no doubt I buy this 4K DVD player. Yeah. And it just fucking sits there and the remote gathers dust. And the guy goes, well, I think they're going to keep making them. I go, they're not going to keep making them. But, uh, so yeah, sorry for that. The tech, the technology question. I know there's sports shit going on. You know, here, hold on real but quick. But I'm excited about it. So here's the, for me, the thing with the DVDs. It's not that, you know, there aren't movies I want to see. I used to have a shitload of stuff, especially yeah. when my kids were younger. I had everything. I had, there goes a fireman. There goes a policeman. I had a million things. Right. All the movies you just said, not you know, Toy Story. We had them all. And then I just started saying, I want to get rid of shit. Yeah. And, I, and when I was younger, it was just me. I was a lot like you when you were younger. We'd collect stuff. I collect newspapers. Yeah, I got them. Like I would drive around when the Lakers won the championship, and we'd hit every fucking newsstand all the time. And where you throw the quarter in, and I'd take every, the whole fucking stack. All I would the steal time. all of them. And I used to go... Sorry, Bryce Miller, yeah. <laughs> but we did it. So now I'm like, this house has turned into a fire hazard. Yeah. And then I just said, you know what? I want to get rid of my stuff. But I remember Brian Curry said something to me that um, that has stuck in my mind the last few years. He, When he was looking at our house and, and things that he, were good about our house, bad about our house, he went into where Josh's room is, mm-hmm. and he said, I've never seen a human being with less of a footprint. It's amazing, Than right? Josh. Like, there's, yeah. there's nothing. There's not a picture on the wall. I mean, yeah. it's just, boom, he could be out in 15 seconds and not miss a thing. And so you see a lot of people who are young in their 20s, they're minimalist. Mm-hmm. And I, I admire those people that get rid of that. We When we obviously were friends with Lisa Ann, and we talked about some of her cool stuff, collection stuff. She texted with her today, shockingly. And she dumped everything. Everything she that, did. even the Michael Jordan autographed jersey, dumped wow. it. The Dr. J autographed jersey, dumped yeah. it. And she just said, I'm looking to to travel and minimize what I have. And I said, man, there's something about that I really admire. Well, it's fun. My sons and I, or my son, Kate and I, I've, I've mentioned in the past, we do this journal. Yeah. Right? And it's great. And I was writing in it last night. And the question was, Dave, if you knew you couldn't fail, yeah. what's one thing you'd like to do? And what Hang I, gliding. Hang, exactly. <laughs> I'd like to be uh, human cannibal. I'd like to be uh, Evil Knievel. Oh, my God. Jumping the buses, right? What I actually wrote was, I said, it already happened, and that's be a dad. Yeah. Because I said, it's all you want to do, right? For certain, I didn't have a dad. I mean, I, I have a dad. But also, for years, you used to tell me you weren't getting married, going to have kids. Right. And But I had this cool collection of shit that I kept, whether it was fight programs, Super Bowl programs, championship rings, yeah. the whole thing. And we've already talked about it, that at some point, it's going to be a really fun day. Uh, may take a weekend. It might be pizzas, and depending on how old they are, if they're at least 15, then we'll get beers. <laughs> and we'll just start going, all right, storage tub. Here we go. Let's see what's in here. This is Super Bowl programs. Lay them out. Uh, Cade, you're around. You got the first one. Jack, you got the next one. Anything you guys don't want, we're going to walk it down to the recycling. And go. adios. But that for me is the one thing because of my friendship with them and how tight I am with them. Yeah. Are you looking to get rid of that storage unit eventually? Oh, yeah. 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 And then uh, and then when that stuff goes, but it'll be really fun. And then books will be donated, right? Anything that I, I look back at and I go, well, fuck, I was interested in it. Bruce McNall's autobiography. Probably not going to get to it. And uh, so shit like that. We'll find a place to donate it and, and find it useful and and off you go and you just be like all right fuck it feel good about it off you go 
You know, it's funny when you talk about the books thing is I've, I think I've gotten rid of every book. You know, we used to have a lot of books that were sent to us when we were on God, radio stations. They were stations. bad, though. Those they were books bad. were bad. The, man, I tell you what, there's, <laughs> I'm going to offend some people when I say this. There's nothing worse than a Jesus Christ sports book. Ugh. Right? My no. Lord and Savior, when I dug in. Yeah. No offense to Steve Young and Dave Dravecki, but holy fuck. I just stick that book next to the door to keep it from slamming when the wind was blowing in the summer. That's it. I just took that thing. <laughs> I, I drive the 125 getting out of here every night. And what I do, Dave, is I just roll the window down and I just chuck that thing like it's a fucking discus. Like Bruce Jenner, 76, Montreal. Caitlin, you were a fucking legend. And I just chucked that fucker. <laughs> Who cares? We got always got a ton of them. Remember? Yeah, cover, you know, Buddy Ryan's book. Yeah. Who gives a fuck about yeah. Buddy Ryan? I did read Lenny Dykstra's, and there's maybe two pages in the whole book that I enjoyed. Otherwise, I hated the book too. Yeah, because he's a dope. He was a dope. He uh, was a dope. But yeah, we all those books, man. I've gotten rid of. I've gotten rid of almost every book, except for I have Howard Stern's uh, book from Miss America. No, I have the new one. Yeah, um, I have the new one, the Miss America one that he had that I thought was hilarious, and I'll never reread it. Like I don't even yeah. know why I hold it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I don't know why either. That's that's a good point. Usually, what I do now, and this is probably completely illegal, but I don't care. <laughs> if I finish a book, I will drop it. It's always clean. It's always yeah. in good condition. The books are always decent, but I'll just drop it in the local library drop off cool. thing. I hope that's okay. Maybe they take it to their well, I mean, they could tell it wasn't checked out. Yeah. But if they want to take it to their local, like, in-house bookstore and sell it for a quarter or a yeah. dollar or two and raise money, go ahead. I'm not going to do anything. Yeah. And then I like in our neighborhood, you've got those things that look like a birdhouse, and it's kind of the local free library. And you know, I go through and, and find books there. And uh, I just drop a – I don't need any more. Yeah. I'll tell you the book I got. Holy shit, what a book. Um. But yeah, donate them to the library. I know Bob McElroy at the yeah. Alpha Project would probably take some. And so, yeah, we'll put them together and, and give them away. Dave, there was a guy in the NHL named Brant Myers. You remember that name? No, Brant Myers don't. played in the late 90s, early 2000s okay. enforcer. Okay. I am only, oh gosh, I don't know. I mean, I just got the book. It showed up on Saturday. So right now, from a weekend hanging out with kids and working and being down here, I'm maybe 35, 40 pages into it. Yeah. Book is called Painkiller. Okay. And I was joking the other day and saying that I had gotten a bunch of books from NHL enforcers. So in the last couple of months, I got Stu Grimson's book. Yeah. Nick Kiprios. I went on uh, Abe Books and got uh, Dave the Hammer Schultz autobiography, Tiger Williams autobiography. And they're all fun because they tell the stories of like, hey, this is what it was like. And I was squared off against Ty Domi and we had a go and it was crazy, the whole thing. Brant Myers is a young dude yep. that played a handful of years in the NHL. And he tells Dave the story of what that life was like, where every night you would go into Detroit and you'd get in. And you knew the next day you were going to have to fight either Bob Probert or Joe Koser. Yeah. And then you go to Chicago and you're going to have to fight Stu Grimson. And then you go to Edmonton, you're going to have to fight George LaRock. And what he did to deal with the pressure was go into alcohol and drugs 
And he lost his career. Yeah. He lost the whole thing. There's an article right now on The Athletic about Donald Brashear, who made $14 million in his career. He's fucking penniless. Yeah. He's broke. But Brant Meyer's story, and the book is called Painkiller. It's his story about living life in the NHL, the perils of addiction that took him down to nothing, and slowly how he dug himself out. And he now works for the Kings in a position that our buddy Arthur Hightower had, where you are a guy as a former player that can talk to players about the pressures of the league and how to maintain your balance. Holy fuck, what a book. It is so good, so candid. And if you're a hockey fan or just a sports fan, and we sit there and you go, wow, you know, tonight in the Ducks game, they had a couple of fights with Arizona. But it's the guys that that was their job, the Marty McSorleys, right? The Jay Millers, the yeah. Ken Baumgartners, that uh, Brant Myers. When you have to do it night in and night out and the pressure of doing it and having to come back tomorrow night when you can't feel your hands and the guy next to you is like, all right, well, we're going to go. And you're like, fuck. <laughs> uh, man, it is really, really wild. And again, uh, it's gotten great reviews, so I'm confident in telling you that. But if you're a hockey fan and looking for something wild, and and uh, I'm trying to track him down because at some point, I know he's in Southern California a lot. What an amazing story these dudes tell. We'll try to get him on. Speaking of fights, did you see the fight that was going around Twitter today? Uh, with the guy from Oklahoma? Oklahoma the Oklahoma football player? <laughs> yeah. And for a guy, obviously, who loves MMA, it was... Dude, I watched it 20 times. I loved it all 20 times. Yep. And... Uh, and what is... Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll bring it for the people that have seen it, and then we'll recap it for the people who haven't seen it. Dave... The guy, tell me the guy's name from Oklahoma. Is it Shane Jones? Or is uh, you know what? I don't have it in front of me. I'll, I can find it. Uh, okay. Go ahead. But there's a guy from Oklahoma. Yeah. Who's, uh, and, I hate to say it. He's from Nashville, Tennessee, from my mom's neighborhood. Not a big shock. Yeah. And he's talking at a guy who's smaller than him. Yes, in the bathroom. In the bathroom at a bar. And the guy who is smaller looks to his buddy and he says something to his buddy to the effect of which one do you want? Yes. That was it. You knew it was over then. <laughs> and that guy from Oklahoma, uh, there's so there's a fight that's going around on Twitter. Like we said, it's a wide receiver for Oklahoma in the holder. Yeah. And he's talking shit at a little guy. Not little, but I mean the wide Smaller receiver. Than him. Yeah. yeah. Wide receiver's probably six three. This guy looks like he's five nine, five ten. And the guy who's about 5'9 or 5'10 looks at his buddy in this video and says, who do you want? Yep. And then he takes the big dude, the wide receiver from Oklahoma, down. Yep. The Oklahoma guy, by the way, made contact first. Did he? Yeah, he made contact first. He pushed him. Oh. And then it was on. But just because there's a lawsuit that's going to happen now because this kid almost lost his eye. And now it's it's a whole ugly situation. Yeah, the, the wide receiver yeah. who's bigger Almost loses an eye. Yeah, let's go straight to surgery. And gets ragdolled. The The kid, the smaller guy, has him in a rear naked choke. You can see that he's trained in MMA. But the other thing is, back there, I mean, Oklahoma, Big 8, Big 10 wrestling, dude. These guys, you just don't fuck with those guys, man. You really don't. And I don't care. From the high school level, I mean, the, the Poway wrestling program has been state dominant oh, yeah. for 40 years 
And, oh, you just don't. That's why I say to people all the time, man, be really, really careful before you let shit get to there because you don't know who the guy is on the other side and what he knows. You know, my, I remember my sister was dating a guy in college and she was at Alabama. The guy she was dating was at North Carolina and he was the state Tennessee champion for his age division wrestling? in high school and wrestling. Oh, then he goes to North Carolina and he was their top wrestler. Oh boy. And he was short. And so yeah. some guy in a bar started making fun yeah. of him, trying to you know impress my sister. And she said, before you knew it, the guy was screaming, don't break my arm. Don't yeah. break my arm. And yeah. it was like, she, she was like, you know, she knows nothing about fighting. No. She just said, this big guy was crying and screaming oh. because he was about to break his elbow. One of the wildest things I ever saw, uh, my buddy Joe Geiger, who I think Joe, Joe was a couple years ahead of me at San Diego. And I think Joe wrestled 112 at San Diego. Yeah. And you guys know, anybody who's gone to especially in San Diego, uh, underrated how good the wrestling is. Yeah. And it, I mean, from all parts, Granite Hills, Valhalla, Aaron Creasy, and Nick Albert, I, I hear you. I can hear you yelling at us right now. <laughs> you know, Nick went to state. Aaron coached him at Granite Hills. Valhalla down there, Dave. What Poway did, San Diego did, all all around. Oceanside, they, they always had good programs. So, and if you saw the guys, if you ever went out to a dual meet, the guys who wrestle 112, they got fucking arms on them. Yeah. Like J.J. Watt. So we're at Del Mar Fair and Geiger's walking down the midway. Yeah. And this Carney with like two teeth in his mouth. Hey, midget. Why don't you come over here? And Joe just fucking walked over and just dropped him. Dropped him. One punches this guy yeah. who's bigger, not like he's a fucking carny, right? <laughs> Does heroin all day. Carny. Yeah, it's not like he's back there, right? Yeah. Doing Pelotron. He's uh <laughs> fucking hitting the hitting the pipe. So now Joe feels bad. I gotta ask him if he remembers this. Joe feels bad and kinda helps the guy too. Hey, 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 you okay? You okay? And the guy said something to the effect of who hit me? That fucking midget? And Joe fucking dropped him again. <laughs> it's the greatest thing I've ever seen at Del Mar Fair. And I saw Lee Greenwood. I yeah. saw Smokey Robinson at the Del Mar Fair. Tony Bennett I saw at the Del Mar Fair. New edition. This is still better. The, Joe fucking knocked out a carny twice in five minutes. It's the wildest thing ever. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. You can't mess with those guys, no, man. You no. just can't. It, and now that guy, he's a viral video. Yeah. You're a viral yeah. video, oh, and yeah. everybody knows you're a douche. And the story, one-eyed douche. If I if I have it right, the story is the guy was a walk-on, earned a scholarship, wide receiver. Now he, he has you know his eyes all fucked up. Yeah, I mean he's going to be the guy that you have to line up on the left side because he can only see out of his right yeah, eye. Yeah, he's going to be so, like Sammy Davis singing yeah. Mr. Bojangles <laughs> at Branson. He's done, dude. You know, as soon as you can hear the quarterbacks mic'd up in the NFL. Yeah. You're on the wrong side, asshole. This side. Over here, lefty. You can't see. I think, remember Wesley Walker for the yeah. Jets? He was blind in one eye. Fuck. Yeah, that guy was blind in one eye. He was great. Uh, I, I tell you the guy in that video, what's with the guy in the turtleneck? He's a real douche, too. Dude, I mean, it is. It's one of those, it is on so fast, and they're rolling around in piss. I mean, it's it's crazy, man. That one guy, <laughs> the one guy is, you got to watch it more than once because... 
the main guy that we're focusing on, all of a sudden you look in the background and his buddy has his shirt over his head getting the shit kicked out of him. Yeah. <laughs> that guy just Dude. pulled his shirt over his face and this is beating the shit out of him. The, uh, like high school wrestlers, they just, or college wrestlers. Yeah. They just have a look to them. Yeah. There's just kind of a look in their eye. Those dudes are a different breed, man. You're talking about guys that when they were 14, 15, 16, started cutting weight yeah. to get to 108 or 112, 154. And they're 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 just wired different. Yeah. And this guy and his fucking buddy in the turtleneck, oh, they they went whistling down a, a walkway they shouldn't have done. No, not at all. Fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck them. <laughs> right. The thing is, it's not over. I mean, they have to deal with the university now. You know, it's like. Yeah. They have to be thinking, holy fuck, am we off this team? I mean, what do we just yeah. do? I mean, didn't look good. It's all on t- it's all on video. All right, so let's get to the good stuff. The yep. good stuff is Fernando Tatis Jr. finally signed the deal officially today. Yeah. 14 years, $340 million for yep. a superstar to yeah. be here in San Diego. Yeah. And it came through today, which was not, I don't think there was a holdup where anyone's nervous about, fuck, is he going to sign? He agreed to it. They, mm-hmm. it, you know, if you listen to the press conference, he had three different offers on the table, and yeah. this is the one he wanted. He wanted the one with the most amount of years. How about that? It was. It was the whole thing is so interesting to me. Um, we talked about it last week. About to me, the winners are. My stance hasn't changed. The winners to me are the Padre fans and the the Padre organization, yeah. along with Tatis. But sure, my always my my one little concern is: does he start looking around, going, "Wait a second! By the time this contract's up, I'm well underpaid." Like you, all of a sudden, you're hearing Soto today. Juan Soto of yeah. the Nationals is about to sign for ten years, three hundred and forty-three million dollars. I don't think so because I thought, again, Dave, I I didn't get to see a lot, and so it's it's on the DVR, and I'll go home and watch it tonight. But I think what this is the thing that having watched that team and grown up with it and loved it, the thing that still for me is the pinch you moment is when you realize we finally have a kid on this team that loves this team as much as we do. Yes. And the statement that uh, I saw uh, Preller mention, you said it. They talked about the three different potential contracts and when Tatis says, well, why, why not one for my whole career? Yeah. We're not used to that here. We're used to guys coming here and putting in their time and getting out because of lack of commitment from management. And it's so different now. But with all respect to Machado and Mackenzie Gore and anybody else, right? If we could all just as fans pick one guy to go dude it's that thing you see on twitter all the time right boy wouldn't it be great to find a girl that looks at you the way so-and-so looks at so-and-so and we right well goddamn it feels like dave today when you said wouldn't it be great to find somebody that looks at the padres the way the padres look at fernando tatis it looks like tatis said oh i do look at you that way yeah and that's why I'm here for 14 years, and that's why I'm doing those kind of things. It, it's just a little bit – I drive the 805 or the 15 every day, and every day I drive by Qualcomm Stadium. I drove by it the other day for the first time. Yeah. I started turning it down. And you're, you're seeing everything come down, 
and the memories of being there for all of us. Thousands of games and heartbreak and disappointment and just shitty days from the days in the early 80s that we talk about with people bringing milk jugs full of beers and the guy selling the paper and the dirty starter jacket to 98 to just those fucking horseshit teams in 03 and 04 to be where we are today and having that kid locked up. It, it just feels like it feels like I moved to the Bronx and all of a sudden I'm watching the Yankees. I moved to Boston. I moved to LA and I'm watching the Dodgers. It just doesn't feel real for this team. And to hear Pete Seidler say, uh, yeah, there's a risk in doing something, but there's also a risk in doing nothing. I yes. thought was one of the coolest quotes I've ever heard. You know what? It's funny. There's a, a line Tommy Lasorda uses, and it's funny. I use it with, with the kids that I coach, and I, I thought about this a lot when Tommy retired. I mean, when he passed away, I'm sorry, last month. Yeah. And I was thinking of Pete Seiler today in the same angle you're saying. Tommy Lasorda says there are three kinds of people in this world. Mm-hmm. Those that make it happen, those that watch it happen, and those who wonder what the fuck just happened. Yeah, yeah. And that, what he was trying to tell you is, hey, I wasn't going to be one of these guys that went, what the fuck just happened when Tatis goes and puts on another uniform. Yeah. I'm the guy that's going to make it happen. And I think, I, I understand AJ did his job by bringing mm-hmm. him here. Great. You know, he recognized his talent. He said when he was 14 years old, he saw him in a workout. But for Pete to spend the money, because you've seen a lot of baseball teams, the majority of them are not spending money right no. now. And you're seeing a lot of teams like whatever it's the Padres or the Dodgers, the Yankees, they're spending more money on payroll than like entire, you know, than the AL Central. You know what I mean? And you're just going, dude, hey, it's one of those teams that I root for that's spending money. And I think you got to tip your hat to Pete to say, yeah, he's worth, you know, $3.6 billion. But he doesn't have to spend a fucking dime. He already owns the team. He didn't have to do it today. No. He did not have to do it today. He could have waited. He could have seen what happened for a couple years. He could have played the fucking game. He could have gone to arbitration. He could have done what everybody else did was say, hey, you know what? This just does not fit on our books, and we're going to move him to the Braves, or we're going to move him to the Astros and get five guys in Class A. And he said, fuck that. We're not doing any of that. We're signing him. This was the thing, and Seidler was on with Coach today, and I swear I goddamn love Johnny Cantera like family. That was the worst fucking interview I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> and I called Woods tonight, not yeah. to bitch about John, because I know they're friends and I don't want to do anything to put Steven in a bad spot. But I said, if you get the opportunity to talk to Seidler at any point, will you please ask him the following question? In my opinion, Dave, it's not about the deal that was signed today. What I would love to hear Pete Seidler address or AJ address is tell me about the conversation you had when you take James Shields, who even though he wasn't who we remembered. He still had the nickname Big Game James. He was still a frontline starter. Tell me, Take me in the room. Let me be a fly on the wall. When you go in and tell Pete and Ron, we found a deal for Shields. We are trading him and $30 million to the White Sox for a 17-year-old kid that has not had a professional at bat. Yeah. How do you get that deal signed off on that gets us to where we are today? I don't care about step seven. I want to know about step one. Yeah. And I want to know from Preller, who saw it? Was it AJ that saw it when he was 14 was it the other guys in your scouting thing? Like, was it just that crystal clear to you guys that it was worth? I mean, 
That's an insane trade that paid off unbelievably. And I don't know, Dave, if it was addressed in the press conference. Maybe it was, and, and I missed it. Yeah. That, to me, is it, the it most— w- It was addressed in the press conference. They they took him back to when he was when they traded $30 million? Yeah, so here was the deal. There was another guy in the deal who was a, a, a major leaguer. I think it was Eric Johnson. Eric Johnson, I was okay. just going to say. Okay. And so when the trade was announced, it was shield for Johnson and Tatis and the money. And he says, you know, to the average—basically what he was saying is the average baseball fan doesn't know Fernando Tatis Jr. except they knew his dad. And they're thinking Johnson was the guy that AJ wanted. He said all along it was Tatis. But I remember when stories were written, and whoever was yeah. on the beat at that time yeah. gets credit because they said the key to the deal was Tatis. Yeah. That Tatis was not a throw-in, that the key to the deal was that was the guy they wanted. So yeah. it wasn't I, – I don't know. I'm trying to think, Dave, if you can remember back at that time who was on the Padre beat – over there for the UT. I'm guessing it was still AC. No, he was doing Chargers. He was? Yeah, Chargers were still here because you and I were out at Tory When they traded for okay. Shields, he he wasn't there. God damn, how do I forget who the Padre beat writer was? Um. Anyways, it doesn't matter. But whoever was covering the team yeah. at that point, they had it. Like The story was out that Tatis was the guy they were looking at the whole time. Yeah. And that Eric Johnson may have been the throw-in, and it's uh, it, it's very interesting to hear how it went down because you know you talked about at 14 years old and you saw him practice. I mean, he was naming the field that he saw him on today. He knew it. Was. Huh? He knew it. And uh, you realize how many teams Tatis worked out for. I mean, there, there's a picture of him in a Dodger uniform holding up Tatis with like the number that he yeah. wore at the tryout, and so he, it wasn't just you know, the Padres or whatever, but it was one, it's a huge whiff. It's like one of those where you look back and just looking at the Dodgers, the Dodgers had Vladimir Guerrero. Yeah. They sent him back to go get a pair of shoes that fit. And on the way back, the fucking expo signed him. <laughs> and then, and like the Dodgers had Roberto Clemente. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, but it happens all the time. I mean, yeah. the, the Yankees, they said easily could have had Willie Mays, Hank Aaron and Mickey Mantle in the same outfield. But they weren't signing black guys at the time. But they Tumble. knew exactly who those guys were. There are you can do it with every team. We yeah. used to I used to write these tweets and it would make people crazy because you would write, uh in two thousand fourteen, the Chargers were thrilled that Craig Buster Davis was available at pick twenty seven. Yeah. Uh three picks later, the Giants, a heartbroken New York Giants team settled for Odell Beckham. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and, but you can do it yeah, no matter what the it's team fun. is. You can you can find it. Baseball drafts are a little tougher. Yeah. But you can find them. But I I think I think we all have to look at it and go the same as Mike Trout being taken whatever he was 25th, 26th yeah. in the pick, right? Baseball there's a thousand of them. It's a lot harder in baseball. It's a lot harder. Yeah. And a lot of things fall your way, but if you had I mean, Dave, you got – I mean, there's a guy I was reading about the other day for the Twins. I'll give you a perfect example. Nick Gordon. Yeah. His son his son of Tom Flash Gordon. Yeah. He was the number five pick in the draft. Was a guy that could run like the wind, was a shortstop. Yep. The Twins were thrilled. Nick Gordon today is 23 years old, and he is struggling and may at some point get above double A as a utility player. Yeah. Fucking guy was the number five yeah. pick of the draft. 
you look at it and you go, these guys, he came, right? The bloodlines, Happens his dad played. His brother. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah, his brother's in the game. You feel great about it. Same thing. You yeah. look at Tatis and go, okay. But, dude, there was something that happened where you said, not only, we didn't take a fifth, uh, we fucking gave $30 million and a frontline starter, yeah. even on the back end of his career, to get this guy. Amazing. You know, I wonder if, and White Sox fans have to be dying. As you said, every team has done it. The Dodgers did it with Pedro Martinez. Every team has done it. There's that one Hall of Famer you get rid of and you go, motherfucker. Robbie Alomar, Kevin Mitchell for us. Yeah, I mean, you can follow in every organization. They've done it. So when you look at um, Fernando Tatis Jr., I keep thinking if he stayed with the White Sox, he's not a shortstop. He's probably the center fielder. Yeah, Because Tim Anderson – yeah. Is winning batting titles and everything else. And you talk about bad contracts. They they went through the worst contracts in baseball right now. Yeah. Tim Anderson signed a five year thirty five million dollar deal. But yet the guy makes the all star team every year and won a batting title. Okay, but let's play this game. Tatis came up in twenty nineteen. Yeah. When there was thought I mean, he was ready, but remember there was talk of holding him back and holding him in triple A for a month. Yeah. Okay. If he's in Chicago and Tim Anderson's playing short at the level that we've seen and he's coming up through the minor leagues, do they potentially hold him down, right? And maybe he comes up in July Yeah. and he's a part-time player. Now you go to 2020, which is a COVID year, and how much is Tatis playing, right? Like his career, they knew what they had. They had been, we had yeah. been watching him. And the White Sox have great young outfielders. I'm not taking yeah. a shot at them. But I'm just but saying, Tatis. would Tim Anderson have been the guy that moved? If you're looking at Tatis with his glove, his power, the range, the speed, or do you move Tim Anderson? That's probably what you do, That'd Dave. be interesting. So Tim Anderson's been with the White Sox since 2016, you know, yeah. as the shortstop. Right now he's 27. He was going to be 28 this year. God, that's funny. He feels the craziest older. thing about Tim Anderson, he didn't start playing baseball till high school. Never played. Great player. Great player, yeah. very underrated, right? Which is very strange when you look at the shit show that it could be the White Sox with Tony Larusa. Yeah, Tim Anderson is everything Tony Larusa is against. Yeah, he's outspoken. He's flashy. He has his, you know, his brand. That's not what Tony Larusa is about. I think Tony Larusa is a horrible fit with that White Sox team. But They're, not to get off topic, the the Tatis thing here in San Diego. Going back to what you were saying, Jeff, I was thinking about mm-hmm. it today after listening to the press conference. Was Man, I remember how shitty it was you got rid of Adrian Gonzalez. Yeah. Because I'm going, here's a guy that was PV. Front- yeah. Well, Adrian, the difference with that reminded me of Adrian and Tatis. They both spoke Spanish. Mm-hmm. They both spoke in perfectly. For, uh, Adrian was a San Diego guy, plus he was yeah. a Tijuana guy. Yeah. And I was like, you couldn't ask for a better guy to market to. We look at Tatis now. He is the most marketable guy, I think, for any franchise in baseball. You name another player that is more marketable than Tatis for their city, you can't beat it. I mean, he is exactly what you want. To me, the thing, I mean, Dave, there's so many things about it that are just incredibly exciting. He's that guy, the marketability, um, marketability for him. But the thing that's great is he's just so fucking likable. Yeah. Like, if, if you show me guys... I saw some asshole today on social media was responding to somebody wrote something and this fuckhead. Well, you know, he really has to cut back on the showboating. Hey, fuck you, asshole. Yeah, the guy doesn't get it. You don't get it. You don't get it. You're trying to get young talent. You're trying to get young fans of the game. Yeah. And 
and this guy, if you're offended, then watch something else, yeah. right? And I heard Scott Miller today, I, I think with Coach, and uh, and Scott said, remember when he when he came home from third on a pop-out to second yeah, base? In Pittsburgh. And he did it like twice in a week? Yeah, he did. <laughs> and, and just the shit, the different yeah. things that he does and the excitement that he brings, uh, yeah, man. I, I it's it's wild, Dave. I I look at it. You talk about Adrian. I wonder what would have happened with Adrian with a Pete Seidler as an owner. I wonder oh, it would have been a lot different. I wonder would Trevor would yeah. Trevor have ever been allowed to go pitch one year for Milwaukee? Yeah, no probably, way. Probably right? not. Probably not. No, it's um, guys like Tatis. The tagging up when a ball pop fly to second to me is so unique, and the instincts are so great. It's wild. It, 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 there are very few guys that can do it. And uh, it, when I compare a Dodger right here, you don't freak out. But do you remember when Mookie scored on a on an infield in, ground ball to first base, and yeah. he scores the go-ahead run in the World Series? I, I love the Mookie comparison because Mookie, to me, as a guy who plays for a team I hate, is a yeah. player that I love. And he's a superstar. Which and he's may, awesome. Which Tatis is a superstar. And he's cool as shit. Yeah. Yeah, I, will, I like that. I like that comparison. I will say this, man. Just as a sports fan and a listener, someone who still listens to sports radio, you uh-huh. know, I'm not one of those. We do the show, so fuck everyone else. I don't listen. I listen to a lot of sports radio. You got to get if you're a San Diego PD, you got to get baseball guys. Yeah, this shit, man, is ridiculous. I mean, because right now the Padres and Tatis and Machado, they are the story. Yeah, and and it's not the story anywhere outside of San Diego because everyone nationally is still talking about Carson Wentz. Yeah, right. And and today it was like um, Tatis signs this giant contract, huge deal for Major League Baseball and for the Padres, and yet the storyline is fucking Michael Pittman won't give up his number 11 for Carson Wentz. Oh. And, and you're just like, dude, this is big. But then you start to realize, that's fine. This is our bubble. Yeah. But fuck all anyone else who's going to talk football or basketball or anything else because you, you got to focus on the Padres. The that's thing. what I want as a listener. And being the only ma- uh, major sports team in San Diego and the Padres, you got to get guys that are invested in Padre baseball. You have to. And the problem is you have a program director of 1360 who does not care about San Diego sports thinks he's smarter than everybody else in this town. That's why it won't work. Um, and I listen you, to guys over there today say that. Nobody, on the afternoon show? Yeah. Oh, no, that show's no, awful. Nobody would recognize Mike Trout. Mike what? Trout could walk. Who said that? Orenberger said that. That he fucking said, guy. You, uh, he could walk down the street or walk in a subway. You wouldn't recognize him. Oh, fuck. And then Come he on. said, <laughs> he said, Kawhi's not a superstar and Trout's not a superstar. And I'm like, dude, these guys are superstars. Yeah. But then I'm like, fuck this. I'm not, I'm not going to sit and argue back. I'm just changing the station. Yeah, why because talk? you're just wasting wasting time. But Tatis is the story. The Padres are the story, and I think they're the story for ten years. It's the only thing, Dave. There's there are storylines every day on that team. Here, I, not telling those guys how to do their job, but sure, I'll do it. Every day, you should be talking about the fucking rotation. I would like to know today, and don't tell me, ah, oh, we're not even in spring training. Who cares? Bring it up every fucking day. Who is the one? Who is the two? Who is the three? Because you know why that matters today? Because we're going to have that fucking discussion in October when you're matching up against Atlanta or or the Cardinals or you're matching up against the Dodgers. Get it in my head right now. You're right. Is Snell the one? Is Darvish the one? Is Lamette the one? And then who's the two and who's the three? Next thing I need to know is, I want you to fucking tell me, tell me how the 7th, the 8th, and the ninth are going to break down. Is the 7th going to be Pagan, 
The eighth going to be Pomeranz in the ninth, Melanson with the kid from Pittsburgh mixed in? Or is it a different mix? And tell me why. I want to know who the fuck I'm watching when the game's on the line. And this bullshit, I swear to God, just don't even get uh, Darren's fine because Darren's a baseball guy. This fucking Ornberger show is the worst. And John, who the fuck is John Schaefer? Why am I wasting my time listening to John Schaefer talk Aztec basketball? To me, that kid's trying to rat fuck Ted. It's my own personal opinion. There's nothing that backs it up. All I feel like every time I hear that guy is I feel like he's trying to undercut my guy, Ted. It's my own personal conspiracy theory. Could be absolute no validity to it, but I hold a grudge against a guy I've never met. I'm like, this show sucks, and you're no Ted Leitner. And, <laughs> and Ornberger, look, Ornberger's a nice enough guy. That's not the point. That's not Who the gives point a of fuck? Argument. You don't know shit about a team that we love, so just shh, shh. But then I got fucking coach, okay? <laughs> now, I love coach, but today he says to Seidler... Hey, you know, when you made this deal, a lot of people in the national media gave you a hard time about it. Did you pay attention? Pete Seidler says in response, boy, if there's one thing I love, it's when the national media tells me how to spend money for my ball club. And he said, boy, you know what? Every one of those comments, they're so important to us, and I take it all right to heart. And John pauses Pete, let me ask you. And Seidler had to go, John, could you tell I was being sarcastic? Dude, you got to fucking listen. If you cannot listen when the owner of your team is saying, hey, fuck you, I'll run the team. You know? Yeah. No offense, Ken Rosenthal. I I think I know what the bottom line is. We can write the checks here. That's when you go, fuck yeah, this is the guy. And the guy you have sitting in the host chair and Brandon, whoever the fuck that guy is, They're so tuned out. You're like, this is shit. This is a potential World Series team with Lake Elsinore talent. And it makes me insane. Yeah. It just makes me insane. Scraby? Come on. Come on. Fucking hey, Matt Scraby grabbed the mail when we were there. And now I got to listen to this fucking guy like he's Dan Plezak. (laughs) The fuck do I care about him? Shh. They just... My heart's broke, intercom's broke, yeah. and it comes across in the programming that we have to hear. And it sucks. Yeah. It really does. It does. You got you got to fix it. If you're San Diego PD, just give us Padres all the fucking time. All day long. We're, we're fine. And and I just mentioned, Dave, who the fuck's the second baseman? Right? I want to know who the fuck the second yeah. baseman is. Why should I believe that Tommy Pham's coming back? Tell me about the catching situation, right? Hey, man, we're going big on the rotation. Tell me about Caratini. Like, what should it, like, right? And oh, there's com- a shitload to talk about. Where's somebody, has anybody had anybody, a legal guy from Atlanta on, to tell me what the future is for Camposano? Because the last time I checked, Camposano is a top five prospect who's currently facing felony charges in Atlanta. Has anybody done that? But if you tune in at 7.15, you can hear every breakdown of Aztec basketball with some fucking assistant coach. Yay. <laughs> God, it's just shit. That's why we're here. Oh, my God. I said something like that this weekend, and someone said, you don't sound like a fan of the Aztecs. And I go, dude, I'm just tired of playing below average people. I mean, I'm tired of the Mountain West Conference. I'm tired. Look, college basketball is not what it used to be. And, yeah. and as much as we all liked Michael Flynn last year, he's not even in the NBA right now. He's in the goddamn G League. 
Yeah. So you can't tell me I'm watching potential professional basketball players at their highest level. Michael when I got, Flynn was the military guy. Malachi. Malachi. Fuck, I didn't go to a game. All I'm saying is Tatis Jr. right now is the star so of the fucking sport. You yes. talk about him every fucking day. Talk about the lineup every day. Fuck, you waited since 1969 to get to this point. Yeah. What are we doing here? It, uh, you know, it, it's insane. I want to ask you this real quick because I know we're, we're flying through this show. Yeah. I want to bring it up is the Tatis, as he said, it was a family situation. You and I talked on the yep. phone a little bit today, but we always, you feel bad for anyone that you think, wait a second, are you being taken advantage of? And yep. so I'm sure people are aware in this big contract that Fernando Tatis Jr. owes $27.2 million Oof. to BLA, which basically BLA. fronted money to Tatis. It was part of the deal. So it was a family situation. And they said it's like, their explanation was, it's like buying a stock. If you make it to the major leagues and you hit it big like this, they win big. If you don't make it, you don't own jack shit. Mm-hmm. But they're basically bought a stock that took off in Fernando Tatis Jr. And then you start thinking, at least I did in my mind, going, he's a young kid. And you realize he's a kid when you listen to him talk today. And the grinning and yeah. the joking around. And you're going, he's, he's 22. I mean, yeah, he's a guy. we were fuck-offs at 22. <laughs> Complete fuck-offs. And you're going, this this guy is a kid. Yeah. You, he's not. He doesn't sound like a at Clayton Kershaw's 32. He sounds like a 22-year-old kid that's loving life. Yeah. And then you start thinking in your head, at least I do, going 27.2, and you're going, wait a second. So he has to play, after you take taxes out, he has to play basically two full seasons and give all his money to these people for two of those 14 years. And it, it frustrates me, and it shouldn't. It's not my money. Yeah. He de- didn't say today he regrets it. But at the same time, you wonder, is this the best avenue for the future of, of a lot of guys? And two is, I, in my mind, and I hate to ever blame a parent, because you go, how the fuck did this happen with your dad that was a former major leaguer to give you this advice? Yeah, I, Dave, I don't know what the situation was at the time. So it's incredibly easy to sit back and armchair quarterback it. Um, you look at it back at the time, and when you're 17, uh, and again, I'm not sure where the family is. I don't know who the, what the agent situation is at that point, right? Yeah, I mean, everybody has stars in their eyes, and you think you're going to sign a $100 million deal, but how realistic is yeah. it? And until that money comes in, what was he trying to do with that particular money? And did you just go short sight, not look big picture? And... Yeah, I mean, I I spent five years working in situations trying to help people stay in their house or keep their car, do different things in finance. And there are a lot of short-term decisions that have long-term impact. Yeah. And this is one of them. But I I don't know. I mean, the thing that I, again, nothing that validates it. I just asked, is this a situation where... uh, Jeff says, hey, this worked for me. And I tell Dave, hey, this worked out well for me. And now maybe Dave signs up. And and I don't know. I mean, that would feel like a pyramid scheme. And again, I don't have any proof of that. I just, I or is he just out the $27 million? But man, I look back and I go, the only question that I have in hindsight, which is incredibly easy, the dad the dad's agent, there was nobody there to give him good advice that could look at that and go, boy, oh boy, man, I get it. You're getting 50 or a hundred grand right now, but you, you go on to a deal where 
you make a hundred million dollar contract, you're going to owe these guys nine. Yeah. You know, nine million. And if it goes up, then that money goes up. Are you willing to do it? And and I guess you go. I mean, look, he seems at peace with it. He and he doesn't have a choice either. I mean, nobody wants to look dumb. I I hear you. you know, completely. I mean, so but, so look at some of the money. So when people go three hundred forty million. Number one, we we know he's paying about two hundred million in taxes, which is crazy. Crazy, right? All right, you got to give a percentage to your agent. Now you got to pay these guys twenty seven point two. And I understand he's not going to be having to go work a night shift yeah. at Jack in a Box. That's not the point. Yeah. I think for me, at least, I look at it that here's a 22-year-old kid, and I use the, the name kid because yeah. he is a kid. He's a young man that just basically became legal age just uh, over a year ago. Yep. And you go, fuck, man. Is he allowed to take care of all his money that he or is earning, that he really is earning? And you kind of go, man, was he shortchanged? Well, what's he get from Gatorade? What's yeah, he get? What's but, he get from BMW? What's I, he get from that. everything? And but maybe, my thing is, though, you would have got that money anyway. It wasn't like I got it. You know, hey, if I but, got in a pocket two hundred and fifty million dollars, you aren't Gatorade and BMW don't, and Adidas, and the show disappear. Those are just major things you just add on top of it. I am a very big believer in, and this is the way. Really, for about the last five years, especially, Dave, that I tried to live my life, and that is. No rearview mirrors, right? I mean, we'll tell radio stories here, but re- really it doesn't impact me day to day. No. And it's what I say to my kids. It's what I say to the guys on my team. Look, man, if we make decisions that don't work out, let's learn from it. Let's move on. And I just think for him, probably the best thing today is learn from it and move on and go. But I saw guys on social media shooting their fucking mouth off that Bernie Wilson asked That's what the I question. To get to. Shut the fuck up. Who are these assholes? Yeah, don't get your feelings hurt that Bernie asked the question. He's a journalist. Yeah. You and I aren't journalists. I, somebody told Bernie Wilson asked that question. Somebody told I, I don't Kevin Acey asked that to. question. I think those guys would have asked that question anyways because you want to be, you want to make sure that if, you want to make sure that the player's not involved in anything that should be concerning to the player's association, to the team, and to the player himself. Yeah. And you have the right to ask that question. It doesn't mean that Tatis has to answer it. And if you don't ask the question today, when are you going to ask it? When is the right time? Uh, Yeah. When do you have access to him? Today's the time. Yeah. You don't do it after the fucking second game of a Dodger series. You do it now. Yeah. Today's the time when you signed it because you're there announcing a contract that's going to cost you X amount of dollars to these guys. And I, I don't know. I mean, I didn't hear the tone. I, I don't know if it's accusatory or. or no, they, all three guys that asked, AC, Sanders, and, and Bernie Wilson were all very professional. There's no gotcha moment. It wasn't yeah, that way. It literally. You know, the San Diego co- media. Yeah. I mean, it cost you tens of millions of dollars. I, I love these fuckers on Twitter Fucking that shoot. Today wasn't the day. Is that what he said? Today wasn't the day. He was too busy crying. Didn't want to fucking have Wilson ruin his tears. It is the day. It's 100% the day. That's the day you ask. All right, Steve, when do you ask Stone Temple Pilots about how you recover from the death of Scott Weiland? Huh? That's when you ask. That's when you ask. Who gets the text tomorrow first? You or me for saying you're an asshole. Oh, you I, fucking guy. The fucking guy. You're not on the payroll. Shut the fuck up. And Bill Johnston over there running the PR department. What are you worried about? 
Derek Togerson tweets out today. I'm not crying. You're crying. I'm like, I don't know anybody that's crying. I, I'm not. <laughs> what are we crying? No, about? you're crying. I'm not. These cheeks are dry, kid. <laughs> Poor Togerson. <laughs> what the hey, fuck? I, I have a question for you. Yeah. A buddy of mine reached out. When's the last time you watched KUSI? Oh, that's a great question. Dude, a long ass time. I, I, here's the deal. I always set my DVR okay. um, during baseball season. And I yeah. used to do it during football season too. But I always set my DVR just in case I want to see high school highlights for um, from the teams that I face. I have a friend of mine who said, I cannot believe on your podcast that nobody has ever once mentioned a guy named Nick James on KUSI. No idea who he is. And he said he's, he's the he, – He's the next boom goes the dynamite guy. Really? He goes, this guy is just, I've never seen him. I couldn't oh, pick him sure. out of a lineup. When's he on? I guess weekends. Okay. On KUSI. But my buddy was like, dude, this is like Saturday Night Live, boom goes the dynamite, the whole thing. I got to see this shit. And he said, he sent me a text and he goes, if you like, um, if you like such and such a deal, then you think Nick James is ready. And I go, I don't even know who that is. <laughs> now, we may tune in and go, I fucking love that kid. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not judging him. I'm just saying my buddy goes, he's... he's. I got to see it. Yeah. Now I got to watch him. Oh, my God. The, the, How? Oh, my God. The who's wor- the, who's the, the weekend sportscaster on Channel 10? I have no fucking idea. I don't who, watch local sports. Who are the two sportscasters on 39? No idea. I know Togerson's not the lead. Todd's still there, right? But I feel like Todd, Todd Strain's there. Yeah, but I feel like Todd Todd's, Strain's good. Todd's great, but I feel like Todd's expanded out. Uh, Ben's there at Channel Ten. Yeah, I know that. I think Steve Smith is still there doing weekends. Okay. Great dude. Um, who's weekend sports at uh, five? There's a new guy. It's like Delgadio or something. He replaced. Uh, there are no girls on there anymore. Tabitha left, right? Tabitha, Tabitha and there's another blonde girl on there. Gone. Okay, no yeah. idea who that is. Yeah. Um, KUSI is Brandon Monday Brandon through Friday. And, uh, I think Allison Edmonds. Oh, she seems cool. Yeah, and so, but yeah, okay. that, that's funny. I, that's why I was laugh about KUSI. First of all, Casey McKinnon, whose parents own the station, yeah, worst ever, worst I've ever fucking seen. Really, she's so goddamn bad. Um, terrible. And then, but the, who's really good is Lauren Finney, who I'm like, what the fuck are you doing there? That's what we we're saying. Free Lauren, <sighs> put her on a real station. I have to, I have to ask you because today kind of flipping around we all have it we're on your fm presets you have fm like i have fm1 and then fm2 right yeah and xm i have one two three and then i have one for am and dave today i went to fm2 and the first thing i got to was just kind of hit and scan my my uh preset ended up on 100.7 and I go, holy shit, when's the last time I was on this station? Yeah. And they're now, do you know even what they're called? No, dude, I haven't listened to FM radio, music FM radio in years. But 100.7 yeah. was one of the yeah. iconic yeah. stations. Remember, yeah. KFM, BFM, San yeah. Diego's FM, B100. They were unbelievable. And you think about the people that have come through there. The Rich Brothers were there. They were so big for so long. Shotgun but that Tom. Was 40 years ago. No, I got it. But Jeff and Jer were there and yeah. others were there. Jagger and Christie. A lot of people that have been really good. Smiley had a great run over there. Dude, they're now big FM. 
Really? I had to stick around to hear what they were called. Big FM. And then I went to 101.5, yeah. to KGB, and I had Rickards show on. Now, I don't know why Rickards would do this. So he, he had this bit, Dave, and the bit that he was doing this morning yeah. was tell me somebody that is uh, you find strangely attractive. So Boyer said Judge Judy. He said Judy Dench. Uh, one of the girls, he said Shelly used to say John Malkovich, right? Like everybody probably has one. You go, that's kind of a fun bit. But then he threw it to the guys at KUSI and said, uh, you know, Paul, who do you have? Uh, TV guys cannot fucking Never. ad-lib Never to can. save their life. To save their life. Mark Mathis and, and poor Lauren Finney. And I was just like, oh, my God. If I roll my car right now, <laughs> right off the cliff, they're going to open up the with the jaws of life, and they're going to be like, oh, fuck, he was listening to that bit on KGB. Oh, my God. Godspeed, kid. Oh, my God. Oh my Keep God. it on XM. That is so goddamn crazy. I, got, I want to remind everybody, too, on Wednesday, Mike Costa is going to be in here. Can't wait. So we're going to do a show with, with Mike, which should be, uh, should be fantastic. Hey, uh, I want to mention Dan Williams. I kept thinking of Dan Williams a lot today because when we brought up the $27.2 million, <laughs> and I'm like, motherfucker, if Dan knew Fernando Tatis Jr., we would have felt a lot better about the situation right now. Dan Williams is the guy. Again, yeah. it's a Bar of Smart two-minute Tuesday. Look, by the time you hear this show, it's going to be Tuesday. Make sure you flip over to YouTube and you look it up. Again, Borrow Smart two-minute Tuesday, understanding your cost of debt. Dan Williams is your guy. Dan is the guy that wants to get it, make sure you're debt-free. He wants to make sure you don't owe any money. He also wants to help you get out of the rental market. You get a chance to buy your first home. Dan's the best guy to talk to when it comes to money. What are you waiting for? So many people will ask me about Dan, and then they start asking me questions. Well, what would you do? And I would say, don't fucking ask me one more question. Call I, Dan. I, here's the number. I don't know what to tell you. Dan's going to sit there and walk you through the process. 858-688-6813. 858-688-6813. Well, we learned last week something about Dan that I, I think, candidly, I wasn't ready to learn. We put up a, a tweet of our friend Al Horton with an amazing call of the Anthony Edwards dunk over the Toronto Raptors. Yes. To which point our money friend Dan said, hey, guys, next time I, I'm chatting with you, remind me about the day in college when I got dunked on three straight times. Dunked on Dan Williams. <laughs> and Dave said, we don't want to hear that story. We only associate with winners. <laughs> I said, don't ever tell this story again. That <laughs> was so great. That was so goddamn funny. And then I got a call from the aforementioned Al Horton. Yeah. I'm talking to Al on Saturday, and he goes, I got to ask you a question. He goes, I'm running behind on the podcast. He goes, who the hell's the guy that Palais said is 25000 in debt and locked you up? <laughs> He knew Dave Scott. I said, Dave Scott at KUSI. He goes, my guy. He goes, what the hell's the matter with that palette? And he goes, who the hell's Dave Scott? I go, he's the weekend guy. He's been there. And I go, the sad thing is, he might be 25 grand. <laughs> but I go, I didn't like that Dan Williams hung up on him. I don't believe in that at all. And I'll tell you this, a guy who's an incredibly close family friend, uh, went through a recent forbearance, and he's nervous, and there's a lot of things going on. And uh, 
you know, my ex called and said, hey, what do you think? I said, call Dan. And Dan's working with DeVore right now. Yeah. And they're, man, I tell you, DeVore is about the nicest guy. Dave, you know DeVore. Yeah, of course. And uh, and Dan's just, he's just crushing it. And Good. I just couldn't be, I'm so thankful, all kidding aside about dunked on Dan Williams, that for my buddy, DeVore, who's got a house and has been part of my family for 14 years, when things got scary, Dan was there on his side. Yeah. And and I know DeVore feels great about it. You will too. Um, because, yeah, we're going to keep DeVore in his house. We're going to find a way for you to buy your house. 858-688-6813. Again, when you're ready to buy that house or if you have a house right now you're looking to sell, Brian Kerr is your guy. You're hearing a lot of people right now who are – Doing great where they're in a home where they said this was our last home, but because of the interest rates and the way the housing market is right now, people are jumping out of their current home and jumping into even nicer homes that they thought were going to be unattainable. So Brian Curry is your guy you want to ask questions to about what is the best situation for you? What is the best neighborhood for you at this point of your life? Make sure you call Brian Curry. 619-251-1588, 619-251-1588, 619-251-1588, and I'll tell you right now, I don't trash neighborhoods very often, but holy fuck, City Heights is a shithole, Yeah. and last night was, hey, what did I say? lead story, major fire, City Heights, that was the first time it wasn't a hit and run, it was a major fire instead on a Sunday night, what the fuck happens on Sundays in City Heights? City, uh, major fire in City Heights, that was good news, that was fucking good news. You see a fire at City Heights, guess what you're, the next thing you're seeing, Dave? Three pickups pull up with, with bounce houses for the kids because the fucking neighborhood's getting better. That's called a block party. Yeah, they're burning that shithole down. It's called uh, addition by subtraction. Yeah, it's a good fucking night there. Holy cow. Uh, it's funny. As a supporter of local businesses, I support San Diego Magazine. Yeah. Which 90% of the time is telling me what's going on in Palm Springs or Tucson. But occasionally they tell you what's going on in San Diego. And I mention it because in the one that showed up the other day, it's the 10 best neighborhoods in San Diego. And it also gives you a rundown on what the median house price is. And I thought it was really, really well done. I mean, it takes you everywhere. East Lake's in it. Encinitas is in it. La Mesa, downtown, the whole thing. And I think, Dave, there are a lot of people that are looking at what they're paying for rent and go, yeah, it's too crazy. That's why it would be nice to have a place of my own. Brian Curry can help you find it. Do a little bit of research and tell Brian, hey, these are the two or three neighborhoods that I would like to go for. And he'll find that perfect house that's right for you and right for your family. There you go. Absolutely. Call Brian. Here's the other thing. Taylor May Pools can help you get that perfect pool. The weather has been outstanding the last couple of days. It yeah. only gets better. As Jeff just said, look, the time change is coming on March 13th, just around the corner. Unbelievable. You're going to wish you had that pool. I have four friends right now who are adding water to their pool, their very first pool this weekend. And saying, how great is it? Tailored May Pools is the way to go. Alan Taylor is standing by, 619-449-4452, 619-449-4452. The other day, I'm over uh, picking up my kids, and their mom says, hey, guess what? Uh, our friend Kelly is putting a pool in the backyard. And I go, did she call TaylorMade Pools and say that we're friends? Oh, I don't, I, I don't know that she did. So guess what I did? <laughs> what did you do? I went to the refrigerator and I picked out two eggs. And I walked over to Vita and I held those eggs up in front of her face. I held them up so she could get a long look at them. Very, I felt a little bit like Chris Angel, right? Like the magician shows yep. you the coin before he pulls it behind your ear. 
Then I walked out front and I chucked him right against her car. And I go, if you ever do this to good friends again, I'm going to take two eggs and I'm going to make it four eggs on that car. <laughs> it's a hot day in La Mesa. Get out there. Take the armor all and then apologize to me later for embarrassing my name. None of that happened. But I did yell at her. I go, what are you doing? What the fuck is going on here? Oh, God <laughs> damn it. Fucking A. What kind of bullshit are we doing? On a Saturday, you're going to tell me this? I hope you got some fucking bare aspirin in the in the cabinet, kid, because I got a banging attic. Dude, at least you got to go home. You know, this is what happened to me the other day. You and I do the show. I realize the best part well, of my week is right here. Okay? Well, of course it is. I'm the only one who respects you in this house. Oh, my God. I just want to mention. It's true. For anybody else, if you're thinking about a pool, there's nobody better than tailor-made pools. Asshole. You want to fuck it. Hey, but this is going to be nice. They're going to paint like an ace of spades on the floor. Boring. Fucking boring. Your pool sucks, and every neighbor kid is going to piss in it. That's the thing about a tailor-made pool is when it comes in, Alan puts that special chemical in, so when that kid down the street with the lazy eye comes in there, pees in the pool, you see it? Get the fuck out of here, Francis. Don't you pee in my pool, and as he's shuffling down, you just kick him right in his wallet. Tailor-made pools, nobody better. Go ahead. What happened to you? All right. So my wife right now is going through this doctorate program. So she works about 14 hours a day. She has her job. She has school. And then she has to write this dissertation. Oh, my God. We literally talk to each other three minutes a week. Okay? Okay. So do the show. You leave. Say goodbye. The whole deal. Get into bed. She She's in bed already. The TV's on. I literally lay down. All I say to her is, hey, you watching TV? (laughs) Why? Because what I was do gonna, you think she's doing? No, I thought she was sleeping. I dropped okay. it because I was like, can I turn the TV off? Like, I just yeah. want to go to sleep too. But I, I hate fucking falling asleep with the TV on because they say it's bad for you. So I say, hey, you watching TV? No, I was trying to fall asleep because you started talking your fucking ass off. I was like, then I started counting the words. How many words did I just say? I just was talking my ass off. Then she's like, <laughs> do whatever you want with the remote, <laughs> chatty Kathy. And I was like, what the fuck am I doing here? Wow. That was why it. is she so well, why is she so angry? I have no fucking idea. For and number one, she doesn't even swear, but she swore at me right then and I was like <laughs> what the? I just sat there looking at the ceiling like what the fuck am I doing here? I didn't say shit. Are you watching TV? And that was <laughs> she talking her fucking her ear off. Yeah. Chatty Kathy. Yeah. Oh god. my god. I was like, God, the best part of my week is when you walk in here. Of I don't course. know what to fucking say. Nobody god, talks nobody, to me. Yeah. I yell at you, but it's fun. Jesus. Silly. 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 Want to mention Kyle Fluger again. Get on Kyle's schedule. Kyle right now is doing a great job. He's helping so many people with these websites. Look, he can fix yours or he can build you a brand new one. Call Kyle Fluger. Start making some money. 619-500-6621. 619-500-6621. You know what Kyle's going to help you do? He's going to help you turn off that fucking marketing email that you send to everybody five times a day. Because if you're doing that, you think, hey, this is great. Everybody's going to be excited about our new orange peel candles. No, they're not. They fucking hate your guts. So what we're going to do is we're going to have Kyle and his team come in. We're going to look at all the things we're going to do on the website. And he's going to go down the box of seven, and it's going to be, this is shit, this sucks, awful bullshit, <laughs> fuck you. No wonder people aren't buying your shit. And he's going to change all the negatives to positives. Yay. And uh, we're going to get you up and running. I feel like, Dave, 
most of 21 is going to look a lot like 2020 where people are are laying low in-house and probably shopping online. And if they're doing that and your website is not nearly as good as your competitors, your competitors cashing in and you're not. Give Kyle Fluger a call and he'll get you up to date. All right, here we go. How old are they and how much are they Boy, worth? Boy, I am nervous. Okay, I got to tell you, the first three aren't even with us anymore. Okay, Oof. it's February 22nd. We're okay. going to start off with George Washington. Oh, shit. Who, by the way, is registered as the second wealthiest president in United States history. How about that? All right. Well, let's see. Yeah, think about this. Dude, I would never have gotten this. I think he's... Uh... Hmm, hang on. I think I got this. I'm going to say he's 288 years old. Are you fucking serious? 289. Hey! If you had done this yesterday, you would have nailed it. I would have fucking nailed it. Okay, here's how I figured it yeah, out. Go ahead. So uh, 1776, right? Yeah. To 1976 is 200 years. So that's our starting point. Then yeah. from 76 to 2000 is 224. Okay. Yes. Then we put another 20 years on there. So that's uh, two six. Yeah, 244. And then I figured, okay, he's probably 40, 42 when he was president. That's how I got there. Quick math. That was very good. So he was born in 1732. He died in 1799. For a guy selling uh, pot pipes behind. <laughs> that was impressive. All right, good. How much is he worth? God, how much was he worth then at the time? It might be now. It might be equivalent. Yeah, because nobody was a yeah. millionaire at that point. Um, five million. Dude, I told you he's the second wealthiest president in the United States history, so you got to go way high. All right, I'll go. Uh, the guy's two hundred eighty-four fucking years old. Yeah, he bought AOL stock. He did. He bought AOL stock. No shit. Um, <laughs> let's say uh, hundred million. Five hundred and twenty-five million. The fuck. Yeah. How about that? All right, Robert Kardashian. Oh, dude. Thank God Kim got away. That's all I'm going to say. That Kim got away? That Kim's done with Kanye. She officially filed for divorce. Oh, okay, gotcha. I thought you were saying something about... No, um, no. Okay, so here's the question. Kim has four kids. Would you be interested? Oh, in a minute. I'm all in. I'm in on Kris Jenner. (laughs) Oh, yeah, no doubt. I'll be in Calabasas in a couple of months. That's beautiful. Um... Kim Kardashian is 44? No, Robert Kardashian. Oh, Robert Kardashian. Excuse me. Uh, Oh, boy, that's a good one. I'm going to say, okay, OJ, that's 95, amazingly, to believe that. Now, that's 26 years ago. I'm going to say he's 72. 77. 77. I think he was worth some dough. I'm going to say he was worth uh, $30 million. $10 million. Wow. How about that? Yeah. All right. Last one. Not with us anymore. Uh, Steve Irwin. I saw. Is he? Would he have been 59 today? Exactly right. 59. I saw that. But as far as money goes. Still, I di- still disappoints me the way he died. Yeah. I mean, the crocodile hunter. You should have gone by crocodile, not by stingray. Hey, you know what? Save the jokes. I'm okay? not. I'm just telling you. Look at, look at that fucking guy uh, from Fast and the Furious. He died going crazy fast yeah. in a car. That's the way you go. That's what you're known for. You don't go by a stingray. It's embarrassing. Uh, $40 million. <laughs> no, $10 million. $10 million, That's it. $10 million. All right. I got two more. They're alive. Julius Irving. Oh, shit. Everybody um, loves the doctor. Loves the doctor. Who's playing. Let's see. Let me think about this. Uh, nine. 
16. I would say he's, uh, I think he's probably about 74. 71. Uh, 25 million. $50 million. Good for him. Yeah, that's how I feel too. All right, last one. Khalil Mack, still playing Chicago Bears. Shit. Uh, 27? 30 years old, dude. No kidding. Yeah. Is that weird? You and I were doing yeah. shows for Fox when he was getting drafted. Yeah, 30 years old, uh, $30 million. $60 million. Goddamn, good for him. All right, here we go. Five random questions. Here we go. Do okay. you see yourself living in California for the rest of your life? No. Okay, that's funny. Where would you possibly end up? Uh, Dave, it's really funny. I found an abandoned bus in Alaska, <laughs> and I'm going to move up there and listen to Eddie Vedder. Did you ever see Into the Wild? <laughs> no, I didn't. Crazy fucking movie. Um, I don't know. California, I mean, I think I'll hang here until, assuming I'm lucky enough to hang here, until my kids graduate high school Yes. and determine college. But I think both of my kids are very open to traveling for college. Yep. And then at that point, um, be adios amigo. And wherever that goes, uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll go. Uh, I have friends that live in Tyler, Texas. Maybe I'll go down there. Yeah, it's warm. Yeah, <laughs> God damn. Fucking woods. Why don't you buy your goddamn parents a generator, you asshole? Yeah. Yeah, goddamn. Send them, you keep sending them my pillow. How about send them my, <laughs> how about send them my fucking blanket? All right, would you rather well, date... Wait, what about you? Would you, you no, I don't. Time? No, I don't see myself living Where would you go? My life. You know what? We've we've talked about it a lot, saying wherever Josh ends up. Yeah. Josh will be in uh, in Nashville in a few months, but it, it could be. I mean, it's funny. I have a ton of friends there, but... Nashville. Uh, so funny, cool. I was talking to Horton about this, actually, a yeah. couple weeks ago, Alan Horton, about it, and uh, <laughs> it was such a bad... First, he, the answer, the Dude. phone... Can you believe that fucking Jeff coming into your house and giving everybody COVID? <laughs> I said to him yesterday... <laughs> He said to me, he goes, hey, I just wanted to check in on you. He called me Saturday. He goes, hey, I wanted to check in on you. I'm really sorry, pal. I tried to murder <laughs> that you. That son of a bitch. I knew <laughs> it. I knew me, he was playing he both sides. He told me he played both sides of the coin. I knew it. I go, Ali, I go, he goddamn gave me a worldwide pandemic. He goes, I know. I know. Do you put it by him? That's, I go, no, of course not. That son of a bitch. And then he <laughs> drops this line. Up. He's like he was hot. Like he called me in a bad mood. I go, what are you so angry about? I just came out of the fucking dentist. And the lady's upset with me because I complain when she puts ice cold water on my teeth. <laughs> and I go, fuck, it's minus 10 every fucking day in this city. And now I need this on my mouth. I was like, dude, why are you so angry? Oh, he's so great. Jesus. And he's a real insider for the Wolves, too, because I'm talking to him on Saturday. And I go, dude, does Ryan Saunders last a year? They look terrible. He goes, yeah, I think so. He goes, I just, the he's tight, and I, I don't think there's, I don't think so. I think he's here. Uh, 18 hours later, Ryan Saunders out. <laughs> Good job. My fucking source with my <laughs> one NBA team that I watch. Geffner wouldn't do that to no me. No way. No way. All right, here we go. These are actually six questions today. Would you rather date a girl with bad breath or was a close talker? I'll take the close talker. Me too. Because bad breath, will, oh, boy. I uh How do I, close talkers can't figure it out. Like I never understood yeah. the close talker thing. And and especially unless you're like an actress and you always gotta be in the frame. Yeah. Like how are you a fucking close talker? But but I can live with that depending on who she is. But I worked with a woman at the warehouse in Encinitas and Oceanside. My God. That that fucking breath of hers 
turned every plant into a cactus. <laughs> and she was a smoker, yeah. but she was not smoking. It was, stop it. it. We were the, I think all of us that worked there were about 17. Yeah. And anybody who worked with her, we all looked like Andy Reid on the sideline of the Super Bowl. We all put those face shields on like the welders <laughs> wear. Fuck no. I'll take the clothes talker anytime. It's always weird to me when there's a woman who has bad breath, but she's married. And you're like, has her husband not say yeah. your, your breath is terrible? It's weird, man. I, I go through, you're a gum chewer, right? Yeah, all the time. How often do you go through... How often do you go through a, a thing of gum? Um, well, how often I have gum in my mouth? Every yeah. time I'm around other people, I have gum in my mouth. Yeah. Even when I dip tobacco, I'll have gum on one side and tobacco on the other side. I go to 7-Eleven, and these things are a fucking ripoff at about four eighty-five a pop. But I buy the little tin of ice cubes, the yeah. little square gum, yeah, the green the one. Yeah. Ice cubes are the best. I'll tell you what. Listen to what Jeff just said. If you ever eat something and you go, man, I need a toothpick, fucking throw an ice cube in. It'll pull it, everything out of your fucking mouth. It'll pull everything. <laughs> pull crowns out. Your it's crown. <laughs> yeah. Whatever else. Your spleen's <laughs> ruptured. It'll pull it right fucking out. Uh, but that ice cube at four eighty nine. Yeah. And man, you. I do the same thing. All the time, right? You go to breakfast. Yeah. You yeah. you have something to always. eat. Yeah. That fucking one in the car. Yeah. I've got one in the car and one at my desk. Yeah. I always have. I have them in my coaching bag all yeah. the time. I always have the ice cubes going. You go green or blue? It's fucking usually green, but if uh, yeah. if if, I, if I'm stuck with the blue, I'll go with the blue. But it's yeah. that's funny. Blue shit. just ice feels cube is so by far weird. The best gum it feels going. like a completely different gum. Yeah. <laughs> it does. All right. I got three to tease questions for you. Okay. It, it, be honest here. Don't just say say the answer that you think. Don't worry hear. about me. Go. Is Manny Machado jealous of the attention Fernando Tatis Jr. is getting? It's a great question. Um, I I would have said Dave. A couple of years ago, I would have said potentially yes. I confidently am going to say no, because I told you somebody who's a very good friend of mine um, had a family member that lived next door to Manny. Yeah, and. When Manny called to check in and say, hey, we're coming back, the whole thing, I don't think so. I think, I just hear stories from from this buddy of mine about who he is, and I, I was already a Machado fan. I'm even more of a Machado fan. It's just, he just seems like such a great dude and so cool, the whole thing. No, I think actually... That for him, it's probably kind of cool that you don't have to be the guy, that there's somebody to share the workload. Machado knows who he is. Okay, so in my mind, okay, first of all, after we talked about Machado the other day, you told yeah. me a story and people started sending me why Machado's a douche videos. They're all over YouTube. You go just ahead. type in why Machado's a douche and you go, fuck, the guy's a douche. Um, he's just had such a long history of doing things that you go, what the fuck, Manny? Um, but, but I think Manny's a competitor. I mean, you're yeah. a pro athlete. You're used to being the best of the best. You're older. And not saying it's a bad thing that, that you know, Tatis is great. I don't think he's rooting against him. I'm just thinking he's the guy with the national commercials. He's the face of baseball. He's 22 years old. Manny's 30. How can you not be a little bit jealous? I've said, why not me? I don't know. I mean, is Cronenworth jealous? Is Hosmer well, that's jealous? That's a, that's a different. Uh, put it this way. You think LeBron would be okay with someone else in the NBA getting attention? No, he's not. Well, is like he was still pissed off he didn't get MVP last year. But Anthony Davis came there. How's yeah, Anthony Davis taken? He's the number two. Davis yeah. was the number two. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I can only tell you, I couldn't give less of a fuck what anybody who sends those videos think. I'm glad Machado's on our team, and somebody that I trust has told me nothing but great stories about how Manny was to this person's family, 
And my favorite part is how great Manny was to their kids. Well, do and, you, Dustin Pedroia and Josh Donaldson disagree. Uh, good. I can't think of a guy I hated more in Major League Baseball than Dustin Pedroia. And <laughs> now Josh that Donaldson Do- wears your twins uniform? Does he? Half the time he's on the fucking IL. <laughs> got a sprained foot. Got plantar fasciitis. Got cold water on a, on a tooth. We'll see if he ever plays. All right, here. This question, you can't say both. Okay. Who is more likely to make the Hall of Fame, Manny Machado or Fernando Tatis Jr.? Ooh. Ooh. I like that. I like that a lot. Well, you can't, Dave. I mean, that's like saying who's more likely to make the Hall of Fame, Mike Trout or Fernando Tatis Jr.? To me, it is both. Who goes in first? Machado. I'm going Tatis Jr. Is more well, of course you are. How many YouTube videos are there that Dave's a douche? There are none. Oh, fuck. There are none. Fuck, come on. <laughs> come on. How many are there? How many fucking tweets are there that Dave's a douche? Oh, there's a, a shitload of those. Okay. Fuck, okay. Dude. People get crazy. I don't think so. Jesus, I think they man. fucking went somewhere, place of spirit on Sunday, and they taught him to tell the fucking truth. And that's how they, they make peace. With their Lord and Savior is pointing the finger at you. <laughs> this guy's a fucking douche. All right, last All right, question. Let's go. Last question. Make it a good one, please. They've been good so far. Everyone even uh, said I like that one. All right, I probably did. Is Fernando Tatis Jr. the last Padre to wear number twenty three? Oh yeah, 100%. Okay. 100%. That's cool. Um Yeah, I'll ask you this. Who's the next guy out of the group coming up where you go, I bought my 23 jersey. This is the next jersey I'm going to buy. Oh, that's okay. Let me think about this one. God, there are a lot of jerseys to buy right now. There are right? a lot of them. You get a lot of them. You, there are a lot of guys in that pitching staff. Um, that's a good question. Is it Abrams? i tell you what. That's what I was going to say. I was going to see C.J. Abrams. And I'm curious to know now that Tatis has signed this deal – does Abrams leave shortstop full time in the minors and go straight to center field or second base? I thought base? he's already playing outfield. Okay, I thought I thought they haven't given up on shortstop still. Like you could use him as a trade piece if you needed to, but he's the guy everybody's talking about. I'm sure we'll hear from. Uh, he's J- the guy I want to see. Like I, eventually, yeah. what I would like to see is Abrams in center and Grisham go to a corner. Yeah, uh, from uh, John Conniff will tell us, and I, I guess probably we'll find out more over the next couple of weeks. But I was pretty sure, Dave, that they had already started making the plans for Abrams to be the center fielder. Yep. That, that's interesting. And they'll go. But, uh, yeah, very, very cool today. One quick thing, and because I'm not sure we'll get a chance to mention this on Wednesday night when Mike is here, but I've, I've said this. For those of you that follow me on Twitter, I have a couple of friends that have put together a documentary about the Olympic Auditorium. The documentary is called 18th and Grand. About yeah. a year ago, they were going to uh, show this video or this movie at the Cinedrome in L.A., and they were incredibly excited because a bunch of old-time boxers and wrestlers were going to be there. Anybody who knows the Olympic and grew up in Southern California, you remember in the 60s, the 70s, it was wild because you would have boxing uh, during the week, and it might be Little Red Lopez, it could be Bobby Chacon, uh, some incredible fighters that fought up there, Carlos Palomino, 
Then on Wednesday night or Thursday night, it would be wrestling with Freddie Blassie and John Tolos and so many others. Thursday night would be the roller derby. But then, Dave, you had insane concerts at the Olympic. Uh, the Sex Pistols played there. Yeah. Rage Against the Machine played there. The, the Cult played there. All kinds of wild places at 18th and Grand. The documentary was set to go last March, and it got shut down because of COVID. It's happening this Thursday night. Now, it's at the City of Industry, um, but it's a drive-in. And I know Carlos Palomino is going to be there. I know Little Red Lopez is going to be there. As far as it may just be a situation where they show him and we all honk, eh, eh, right? I don't know what we can do. But if you grew up here, anywhere in Southern California, and you're a fight fan or a wrestling fan, punk rock fan, and... uh and remember how cool the Olympic was. It could be really, really fun. So if cool. you're bored, uh, they're showing it at the City of Industry. But follow the Olympic Auditorium on Twitter, and it'll take you right there. I think it's it's going to be a pretty full house on Thursday night. But I'm incredibly excited for those guys. They put a lot of time and effort into it. They've got interviews with people from all walks of life that have been in that building and uh, I think it'd be really, really fun. So, again, Thursday night, I know a lot of you love that old-time stuff like I do. Jim Betancourt looking at you. Uh, City of Industry, Thursday night, but follow the Olympic Auditorium on Twitter, and they've got all the details. And then, Dave, as you mentioned, Wednesday night should be incredibly fun when Mike comes in here. Absolutely. All right, everybody, we'll see you on Wednesday. So late.